Welcome to Building Better, a podcast where we're going to cover everything you need to know about structurally insulated panels or SIP construction. If you know a little bit about SIPs, or even if you don't know anything about it, don't worry, we're here to teach you all and make it simple for you. If you're a contractor, a builder, an architect, a designer, a homeowner, or you just want to learn, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us in a whole new episode, and today we have a special episode for you all. I'm Eric Hirschhorn, stepping in as your host for the day. You might be wondering where Gabriel is. He's your usual host. Well, today, Gabriel is joining us on the other side of the mic as our special guest. He is the CEO and founder of Preflex, and he has more knowledge on SIPs and SIP construction than any other person I know. And today, we're here to talk about just that. Gabriel's journey and his company, Preflex. Hi, Gabriel. Welcome to your show. Hi, Eric. Thanks for the intro. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So first of all, I think all the listeners would be very interested to hear about your journey and um, how you started. You're an engineer, right? Yeah. Well, Preflex started now four years ago when it was first the first idea of doing a business around this um, uh, solution was, was born. It started off while I was working in a different prop tech in Mexico as part of a big uh, real estate group. We were working to do a, a prop tech for foreclosed properties to be auctioned off, especially banked owned properties. And in that process, uh, working with that team, I started to get more involved in this uh, real estate group out of Mexico, which is called Grupo Gir. They had just opened this new innovation center where this first prop tech was born. Um, a little bit of background on Grupo Gir. There is a, they are a very big uh, real estate group out of Mexico, one of the biggest in the country. They do er everything from construction to financial services for real estate, as well as banking and uh, brokerage. They've built uh, tens of thousands of homes all over the country, and they're always looking for newer ideas uh, that they can bring to the market. And they can also, you know, leave a grain of salt where in the sustainability, in the sustainability aspect, as they build so many homes, they've always been interested in also giving back to the community and to the whole world by looking for different alternative and alternative ways of, of building. So yeah, back then when we we're doing the foreclosed properties, I started doing a little bit of research on offsite modular construction because uh, one of the principals in the group did a innovation course in Berkeley in San Francisco. And his name's Polo. He's one of the main persons in Grupo here. And he came back with this idea of sending prefabricated concrete forms from Mexico to United States to attend the homeless crisis that was happening in California. So I thought like it would be perfect idea for me to write my thesis as I was my, as my last semester in college. Um, so I, I grabbed that same idea and after doing some research, I, thought, I saw that the biggest housing crisis wasn't just for the homeless, you know, that was a very, very small part of it, but the crisis actually goes at a much bigger scale. And, we're, and I had the idea of how can we attend this crisis of all these homes, millions of homes that need to be built to keep up with the growing population, especially in California, but all around the United States. But at the same time, we have another huge problem. Uh, that is the 
that construction and buildings are the number one cause for the world's climate crisis. So we're like thinking, how can we do, how can we build all these homes at a competitive price point without, you know, creating a bigger problem for the environment? And after doing some research and some due diligence on that specific subject, we were looking for different alternative methods that we can do in offsite construction. So we could also leverage the low cost of labor in Mexico and bring a product that could be cost effective, but also sustainable. And through my research, I found SIPs, structural insulated panels, which to this day, it's one of the most sustainable energy efficient ways of building. And it saves a lot of time in the construction phase. So at first our idea was to, you know, sell complete finished modular homes that people can, we can just pop into the site and people will be able to live on them. But our funding was uh, very limited. So we were looking for alternatives and the SIP was, you know, as a panelized uh, structure, it was hitting many of the points we were looking for. It wasn't a complete like finished uh, home by any means, but it does help people who are building these finished homes do it faster and in a more sustainable way. So I got involved in the in the industry, went to the SIPA association meetings, met some very knowledgeable people on the matter that have been doing this for many years. I learned that the SIPS has been used in the United States and all over the world for over 50 years, but it has really never caught on or, or, or reached the mainstream market. And I believe the main reason for this is that there is like a lack of knowledge in the product, a lack of uh, people really worrying about how their homes are built. Most people worry about what, you know, what their countertops look like, what their flooring will look like, but they're not really thinking of how their home will be built. And this is very important on the line. You know, we're, we're having an increase of natural disasters every year and it's increasing exponentially. The air quality outside is becoming worse and worse. And we really need to start considering what our houses are are getting built with. And yeah, so that's like a little bit of, of background, you know, how this all got started from the start. I, I think it was a collaboration between me and Leopoldo, who is uh, the principal at Grupo here, uh, that we started thinking of different alternative ways of, of building low cost, sustainable, energy efficient homes. That's amazing. Uh, I think it's, it's great. You raise very uh, important points. First off, I, I love that uh, as your thesis project for, for was it college, where you um, started um, researching SIPs? Yeah, it was my last semester in college. I studied in the Universidad Iberoamericana in Mexico City. And it was like a competition between, between all the grade of industrial engineer where everyone need to evaluate a project and compete against the rest of the um, class. And, and my project got first place in that competition. So that was also got, you know, the people very excited about the project and the, what of the future it can have. So um, after that, I went to the International Builder Show in Las Vegas, started talking to some people. And I see that uh, people in the SIP industry really Think that this hasn't caught on for many years because first of all it's more expensive the stick framing it gives you a house that it's 
much higher than code minimum. So when people compare to like building with stick frame or building with SIPs, they're not comparing apples to apples, right? Because when you're building with SIPs, you're getting a much higher value product. It's like if you build a house that is just minimum to pass the code, you know, it's not in any way going to be uh, less expensive than building a SIP home. But if you're thinking about an energy efficient structure that you want to last for a lifetime and to be the highest quality possible and save you money down the line on your energy bill, and you wanted to build that same level of energy efficiency with stick frames, by all means, SIPs are much more cost effective and faster building method. I, I also love that you you brought up the fact that people are more worried, um, you know, with uh, the finishes of the house, what the floors are going to look like, what the doors and the windows are going to look like. But nobody's really paying attention to what goes inside your home, right? What actually, what's the structure of your home? So I think that's that's a, a great point um, that I think a lot more people should should pay attention to. And if they did, probably more people will be building with SIPs. Something like we find very interesting is that while only 1% of homes in the United States are built with SIPs, we're seeing that 10% of homes that are considered net zero ready are, are getting built with SIPs. And this is because uh, once you start comparing SIPs to, to sticks at that level of uh, energy efficiency, the net zero ready is a program that was developed by the Department of Energy to classify homes that are really reducing the amount of energy they need to become a net zero structure, which means that they are producing the same energy that they're consuming. But they don't want you to just go out and just build uh, any home that you can fill with solar panels and batteries and make it net zero. They want you to reduce the amount of, of energy that needs to be produced. So really what translates to a well-built structure of, of how it's made is air tightness you know if your house is very airtight that doesn't allow any air or in in or out of the home it really translates to having a energy efficient home because the same way that air cannot go through the home temperature won't be able to go through it and also sound right these homes are also much quieter if you live around like a airport area or you're building a couple units next to each other, these walls will really help you like with the noise transmission. As well as these homes will perform that same way 30 years down the line. You know, when you're bu building with bad insulation or polyurethane, these type of insulators decay over time. And the problem with this decaying over time is that your home, first of all, your home loses uh, the R value, which is the resistance to keep temperature in or out of the home. But it also, is allowing more and more, um, it's, it's transfer, it's off-gassing this uh, decay into your home, right? So besides it losing the resistance, it's also transmitting uh, chemicals into your home that you're breathing and that can really be harmful for your health down the line. So be besides being energy efficient, these homes are also healthy. And we guarantee, we, our product has a 20-year warranty that we won't decay in our value and it, it really will be much more than 20 years. Um, a lot of people, when they think of SIPs and they see that the core is made of styrofoam, you know, styrofoam, it's a plastic made of petroleum. A lot of people think like, how can this be green or how can this be energy efficient? Besides, there is all these regulations that are asking people to stop using uh, styrofoam. And these regulations are mostly for 
one time, not mostly, completely for one time use products like containers or cups, because the problem is people use the cup, use the container, they throw it away. And what happens with that landfill? It never decays. You know, that's, that landfill doesn't decay. It can be recycled into uh, more EPS products, but it won't decay over time. And that's a problem for when you're thinking about landfill. But when you're thinking about the home you're going to be living in, in a 50 or 100 years, that's exactly what you want. You don't want to be changing your home's insulation and worrying about it gassing into your home. You want a home that's going to be well built and it's going to last a lifetime. So maybe up front, you know, if you pay for a more premium product, it's going to save you money down the line and it's going to save you headaches. It's, it's exactly what we think it's going to be the future of, of building good structures and homes. I'm excited to, to see what the future of, of Preflex looks like. Um, and I wonder... What is your idea? Where do you see Preflex maybe in five years, maybe in 10 years? Um, where do you see SIPs in the market? I think that SIPs are just starting to catch the mainstream market. I think we're right in the point where we're going to reach the chasm of the product adoption, where we finally reach the mainstream market. And I have five reasons why I believe that the SIPs will become and hit the mainstream market in the next five to 10 years. And the first that I already mentioned is the increase of natural disasters. These natural disasters, the ones that have increased the most have been storms and hurricanes. Sea panels performance against projectiles hitting the wall or for them to being like hauled down into the foundation, it's much greater than a stick frame structure. So I believe that, you know, areas that get affected by storms, tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes are gonna be having to rebuild at a very fast rate and the best and a very good solution that will give them a high perform, a uh, very strong home that won't get damaged if there's a storm again would be made out of SIPs. So I really believe that rebuilding these affected areas is gonna make the SIP industry grow a lot, as well as I mentioned the net zero market that is growing very fast. We've seen a growth of over 440% since 2020. And also the third point would be the shortage of, of labor. Right now for every five uh, laborers that leave the construction industry, only two new come into it. So as time passes, there's going to be a more and more shortage of these labors and the skilled labor, which there is even fewer of, is going to be more and more scarce and the SIPs are just much easier to build. You know, it doesn't take like a, a super experienced carpenter to build a SIP home. It's only about nailing stuff together, no more worrying about measuring and cutting. I mean, it does require some minimal knowledge of how to, you know, run a saw and run a drill, but besides that, it's very minimum skilled required. So I think it's going to be easier to find crews that can set these homes up, that carpenters that need to be on site, like cutting and measuring all the different uh, two by materials on the job site. And, and the other, the fourth reason I think it will be, it'll go mainstream is because of the shortage of homes. We need to build homes and we need to build them faster. And we don't want to build them in a way that they're going to get damaged or that they're going to not be sustainable, especially here in California. No, we, we saw the first incentive at the federal level with the Inflation Reduction Act back in 2021 to incentivize 
energy efficient sustainable structures. At a federal level, you can get up to $5,500 for single family homes and $3,500 for multifamily per unit you build. So that really adds up for someone that's building 100 homes a year, you know, they can reach uh, 300 to half a million dollars in tax credits. And this last year, 2023, we saw California release their first of their incentives for this uh, sustainable energy efficient buildings. They're calling it the build program, putting that incentive up to $9,500 for single family homes and 6,000 for a multifamily per unit. So I think more and more we're going to see government really incentivize that type of construction because it's in their best interest for people to build above code minimum required homes as well as homes that, you know, get built that do less damage for the environment. And the fifth reason is is the construction industry is one of the slowest uh, industries to pass through the process of digitalization. We're still building the same way we have been building for... 50 years very min very little has changed but more and more we're starting to see softwares and uh, different digital tools that we can use in the construction that's gonna really transform the whole industry because there it's gonna happen it, the construction will go through a process of digitalization and when it does we st- we're starting to see some countries like the united kingdom now you need to, uh, when you want to apply for a permit, you're not delivering CAD drawings anymore. They want your full B, BIM model, which is your 3D model of the whole building with all the little aspects and mechanical and electrical in that 3D design. So you're building already in the 3D space and you have to submit this to the city. And I think other countries will ca- catch up with this. And when this happens, all of these little 3D drawings that are getting drawn up in the BIM are going to be able to be manufactured offsite to a precision. So the construction process can be uh, streamlined and can go much faster. And I think when we hit this point, you know, the SIP panels really help the BIM model um, be able to design that exact same wall that you're drawing in a 3D space, get shipped to the job site and get fabricated to that specific specification the same as it's to be getting drawn up in your 3D design, it can be printed pretty much in our facility of site. We can grab that same model, put it into our machinery and print that exact same piece to a 16th of an inch of tolerance. So I think that are, those are the five reasons why I believe that the SIP industry will go mainstream in the next couple of years. And as far as preflex, I believe that Preflex, um, right now, we are very focused on this system that already exists, which is the, the SIP, the OSB skin and EPS core SIP panel. But what we're trying to do is really do some research and development, come with our proprietary system that is not just your structure and in your insulation, but also includes your firewalls and your waterproofing, as well as your siding. So it's a complete system. You know, it's a plug and play panel that has all your what's required from your wall assembly to be able to build that house much quicker. You know, we're starting off with the core, with us, with the skeleton of the home. That is very important, but our idea, and we're already doing this, we're already experimenting with different type of materials, different type of um, 
sheathings that are fire rated, that are waterproof. So eventually we'll come up with our own system that is uh, gonna streamline the construction process even more. That's amazing. One last question uh, before, before we end today's episode. I'm curious to hear what advice you would give um, anybody coming into the construction industry, any young people coming in as architects, um, builders, engineers, or maybe even as entrepreneurs. The first advice I would give to anyone coming into a new industry or starting an entrepreneurial project would be to not give up. It's probably going to be much harder than you're expecting. It's probably going to take much longer than you're thinking. And you might not end up doing exactly what you started off at the beginning. But if you believe in yourself, you surround yourself with good people in the industry, you rely on a good mentor and you keep pushing through. I'm a firm believer that eventually you're, you'll find your way. And, you know, it's just a matter of of the will to keep going forward and to keep uh, growing yourself as a person, learning from other people's mistakes, from their successes, and doing anything that you can to keep the business growing and just uh, do anything that you can to have a continuous growth and continuous improvement in your business until you find that specific niche. You really need to know your market, get to know what, what are the needs and how to get to your specific buying persona and just keep focusing and focusing into, until you find that perfect combination. Amazing. Well said, Gabriel. Thank you so much for um, all your insights. I'm sure everybody's going to love hearing your story and the behind the scenes of um, Preflex and, and Preflex history. Um, so this concludes today's episode of Building Better. Please go follow us on Instagram at Preflex Buildings and you can ask questions, interact and see what we're up to every day here at Preflex. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next month with a whole new episode of Building Better. I'm Eric Hirshhorn and I'll see you next time. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it.